In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, oh, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. Today we're continuing our study in Galatians, and we're looking at Galatians 2, verse 16. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. And here in this verse you have three, and in order to understand this verse properly, and in order to understand the gospel properly and the New Testament and Christianity, there's three massive questions that you have to wrestle with from this verse. And it's what does Paul mean by the phrase works of the law? What does he mean by that word righteousness? And what does he mean by faith in Christ? And these three phrases over the last 30 to 50 years have been some of the most contentious in all of New Testament scholarship, trying to figure out what do these things mean. So it's really important for us to think through these things. And I think the key here is that the defining thing about you is now no longer about you. It's no longer about who you were, what you've done, your acts, your performance. It's about something that's happened to him, your relationship to him. And so that first phrase, works of the law, what is that? So this is a shorthand reference to all of the practices of obeying the Old Testament commands. So surely these works of the law, we don't want to disparage that. Those are good things. If you followed along in our Psalm 119 series, this beautiful, long, deep meditation on the beauty of the law, how we love the law, how it's a light to our path and a lamp unto our feet. And one of the biggest debates that the early church had to wrestle through is what does it mean now that Jesus has come 
to our relationship to the law. Or all the believers under the new covenant, what is now their relationship to all of the realities, the commands, the trappings of the old covenant? And so the issue here is not the wisdom of the law, that was never doubted, never questioned, but the key issue here is found in that second word that we have to understand, righteousness. What does it mean that the law is no longer the means for righteousness? So the issue is that the law is now not the authoritative framework for the gospel. That's the question. What frames what? What gets to define what? And so that phrase righteousness is it's talking about a lot of things, but I think the simplest way to think through it is it's talking about what does it mean to have your relationship right? Your relationship with God is right. It's in good standing. It's a actually a legal term that designates legally you're in good standing. You're innocent. You're not liable to punishment. So unrighteousness, you could almost think of it as if there's a divine warrant that has been issued and it's out for your arrest. And you might not you might be free at the moment, but it's a false freedom because one day you know the authorities are coming. They'll get you. Last summer or two summers ago I got into reading a lot of spy books. And I say a lot, I read like three. But one of the things that really struck me as I was reading reading those is the sense of fear and anxiety that looms over you always. You're always on the run. You're always just on the verge of being caught. That's what the life of unrighteousness is. And Galatians is talking about where's that freedom come from? And the freedom comes from knowing that your relationship with God is right. You're in a good standing. But how does that happen? And that's the question that Galatians is wrestling with. That happens not through works of the law, obeying the law, even though that's a good and right thing to do. It now happens through faith in Christ. And that's that third key phrase, faith in Christ. God counts those who are in Christ to be right. And faith is this entry point into that right relationship. Faith is also the evidence that our lives have been united to him. And now the most important thing about us is that we've been united to Christ. And faith is this new model of life, one that begins in the death of repentance and continues in the resurrection of the new birth, and it unites us to him. And in our lives, we are now new creatures. The new creation has dawned, and the cross and resurrection have become the very foundation of our life. And now they are the foundation, not the law, even though we love the law. Now we filter all things through or to change the metaphor, faith, the gospel is not just our foundation. It's also our lens by which we view everything. Everything gets filtered through the lens of Christ's death and his resurrection. So what Paul is arguing here is not the end of the law itself, but the end of its ultimate claim of authority on the life of believers to put them in a right relationship with God. So that means that we're no longer under the law, meaning it's not the un- ultimate authority, but the law has now is now filtered through the gospel, through Christ, through Christ's person, through his work, through his words. And this still is a great challenge. So one illustration of how this works. So for example, one of the most important commands in the law, one of the central commands that sums up hundreds of others is your you honor the Sabbath, your weekly worship, 
And in Christ, now that gets filtered. So weekly worship is still required. But now it's been filtered through Christ, and so we focus on Sunday because that's the day we celebrate his resurrection and the dawn of new creation, and it's no longer on the Sabbath, which is still Saturday. And so we filter all of those commands through the lens of the gospel, and now it gets refracted out into our life in a different way. But the command for rest still holds. The command for weekly worship still holds. It just like all of creation, and us has been transformed. So take a moment and think today, how will your life be different today if you focus on the reality of Christ as the most significant thing that's happened in your life and in the world? What does it mean to actually make that event, that truth, that reality, the central reality of your life? Now here we have Paul powerfully proclaiming that we are in Christ, and that is the most important reality in life. But it's also a hard reality to understand, to have it land on us, to experience its full power. So let's ask the Lord to help us, help us make sense of what does it actually mean that it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise